Welcome back, everyone, to Web3 Unpacked. I'm Rich Pasqua, and joining us today is Alex Nwaka, CSO and co-founder of Validation Cloud, a Web3 data streaming and infrastructure company that connects organizations into Web3 through a fast, scalable, and intelligent platform. Welcome, Alex. Thanks for having me, Rich. Great to be here. Yeah, yeah, we're we're thrilled to have you and to learn more about you and Validation Cloud. Um, and you're you've been involved in technology for quite some time, pretty much your whole career, um, on the tech side, uh, developing businesses and being an entrepreneur. But you're also, you know, you started in the investment world, which is great, and I think that's a nice combination uh, for uh, Web three. And you've been active in startups, and now here you are uh, with Validation Cloud. Um, and you've been been active with various uh, venture capital funds as well, which is great. <clears throat> so before we get into it, um, you know, the, a little bit of a tradition here, we like to kind of dig in and see what your personal Web3 journey was like. And, you know, how did you get started? Yeah, it's a great question, and I think for a lot of folks, it's a it's a windy road. Um, but but as you mentioned, Rich, I I actually cut my teeth in the world of traditional finance. Uh, my first set of roles in the professional realm were you know really you know investment banking and and sort of you know traditional finance in the you know sort of investment banking realm. Um, I then spent some time in various investment seats at family offices, including, you know, Virgin Management, um, which is Richard Branson's family office. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, uh, jumped around to a couple different venture capital firms um, over the course of, let's call it a decade or so. Um, one being uh, Touchdown Ventures, where I was on the early team there um, and was really focused on enterprise software investing. Um, so one of the things that really jumped out to me, um, getting, you know, sort of a, at least initially interested in the digital asset space, was um, really the power of wrapping open source software with incentive models, um, which is really fundamentally the way I look at um, sort of blockchain technology um, as a paradigm. Um, I think it's a very powerful concept and you know the light bulb went off for me that in some ways this is going to define the next 20 to 30 years of software. Um, and you know, there was no time like the present really to jump in, learn more and get engaged and involved. And so um, that was roughly five years ago now, um, actually initially got started on the capital side. Um, my partners and I were investing our own personal capital and time into early stage networks at the time. Uh, that pretty quickly morphed into running our own validators um, on, on networks that we were involved in at the early stages. Um, this is roughly around the time that proof of stake was a sort of newer paradigm that was just taking shape. Um, we were very early pioneers there from an infrastructure perspective. And so um, that really led to an experience of, you know, really third party infrastructure tools that we thought weren't ready um, for showtime in the enterprise grade sort of context. Um, and that drove us to start this company, um, Validation Cloud, was really to address that that need in the market that we identified, and um, is really the classic sort of founder pain um, that was felt um, from us, you know, being active participants in the ecosystem and being you know wholly unsatisfied for, for what was there. So that's us. 
Yeah, it's great. And, you know, much like a lot of us, we get involved literally just dipping our toes in into the investment world. And then you have no other choice but to follow the rabbit hole, um, you know, get into some of the more uh, detailed documentation, see what's going on. And it's irresistible, like the whole end of it. There's so many problems to figure out. Um, and then, you know, if you're like yourself um, and, and myself, for the most part, you know, developing applications behind the scenes to see if, you know, one, can it be done? And two, do people, you know, need this? Are we solving a problem? Um, <clears throat> and that's great. Um, and you guys are off to a good start. And collectively, your team has a real like all the fundamental uh, ingredients for, for doing something great, understanding, uh, you know, the blockchain itself, the development end of it, and certainly the investment and the VC end of it, which let's not leave that off. It's, it's hugely Im important these days. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. Start... <clears throat> couldn't yeah. agree more. I mean, it's, um, I, I think we have a, of an incredibly balanced founding team, um, in that regard. And, um, we also take great pride in, in building a broader team um, that has a, a deep set of experiences, not only from Web3, uh, but also from Web2, um, that we believe that that's sort of a, a valuable characteristic to be able to bridge um, really these two technology, technology paradigms. Um, and so it, you'll see it in sort of the people that we select to join our team um, and the contributions they make here um, at the company. Yeah. And it's a great point you bring up, um, Alex. It, web two, you can't have web three without web two, kind of, you know, as, right now, at least there's always a 2.0 bridge. And, you know, the, the folks who have been for many, many years developing 2.0 are now bridging to your point into web three. So that's great. Um, and, you know, from a, you know, product standpoint, you guys break validation cloud out into staking data and API. We're going to unpack those uh, in more detail as we go, but can you give us like the, the 40,000 foot, you know, general overview of the product? Sure. Um, so we would very much describe ourselves as an infrastructure platform um, that has three distinct products or facets um, that you just described, um, staking, node API, and data. Um, I'll start with, you know, the sort of design principles or the product philosophy um, for us as a, as a company overall. Um, you heard me talk a little bit about how we were unsatisfied, frankly, with what we saw from an infrastructure perspective, which you know really drove us to build this company. Um, we really have three things that we are operating against. Uh, we wanna be, you know, have performance, scalability, and compliance. We think these are kind of the core ingredients that make up our secret sauce from a technological perspective. But we also think that these are the three things that enterprises really care about um, that operate either in the web two space or that operate in the web three space. Um, so those are three things that, you know, really underpin everything we do from a product philosophy standpoint. Um, again, because we've built a platform, we're obviously big believers in platform. And, and that means that we're able to bring, I'll call it products and capabilities, irrespective of where um, a blockchain project is in its stage of development. And so if you think about the three, um, products that we have today, they roughly map to the stages of development of a blockchain ecosystem. So when you first get started as a blockchain, you're really solving for consensus layer infrastructure and bootstrapping that. And so validators and staking are sort of a core component of that. Um, so that's where, you know, sort of that product 
on our platform sort of resides. As a blockchain gets to mainnet and has um, applications that are building on top of it and users that are connecting into it, um, they need RPC nodes um, to be able to do that or facilitate that interaction. And so that's our node API product. Um, and, and then inevitably as networks grow, um, their users need data um, in order to improve their applications, um, make intelligent decisions around how those ecosystems evolve and how they service uh, their communities. And so that's sort of the data component of our platform. So that's how we think about our entire platform and, and the idea of being able to service all of those needs through a singular um, you know, provider is very valuable, not only for really network ecosystems, but when we think about the broader, um, you know, sort of target list of people that we work with, um, anybody who's from an, on the application side as well. Mm. I like that you're, you're really just focusing on kind of the data, the, the nodes and the, the whole validation end of it. Cause you're to your point, those are the key ingredients, um, to getting, getting your blockchain started. Um, and that that's that's amazing. Now you talked a little bit about you know you you started to kind of go into audience. Now who are you serving? And do as an end user, do I need to be technically savvy to start using this? I would imagine you have kind of maybe an individual uh, entry point and a kind of a, a more corporate or enterprise level entry point. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know. Maybe to summarize everything I just said around our, our sort of philosophy and how we sort of go to market, our view is that we're really preparing blockchains for enterprise adoption. Um, and that's sort of everything about what we do, the people that we bring into the company, the solutions we try to bring. Um, so by extension of that, you know, our, our audience, you know, really starts with networks and their ecosystems, right? Um, you know, blockchain foundations and so forth. Um, there's also, as part of that, you know, the enterprise component, which, you know, those are either applications or enterprises that want Web3 capabilities. Um, that said, you know, we also realize that, you know, communities that, you know, develop around these blockchain ecosystems involve individual users and developers. Um, and we view that as a as another constituency that we have to serve um, and serve well. In terms of the, you know, accessibility and the technical savviness that's required, um, again, we've got a number of different um, resources and ways in which uh, folks can get started. Um, again, I'm not the most technically savvy person, and so I'm usually a good um, guinea pig for, you know, looking at what are the different resources and things that we need to get a less technical savvy user going um, on our platform. Um, but we also have the ability and capability to go and work more directly with larger players that, again, need the expertise and the know-how that we bring as, as you know, very well-versed folks in the infrastructure space to be able to enable the capabilities they want. And so it's a spectrum um, in terms of, you know, our engagement style, um, depending on who it is that we're serving. Um, but, you know, fundamentally we have sort of the core constituency and then sort of the broader community of individual users. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at an institutional level, there's, you know, you have development teams on, on your side as well. So, it, it all it all works out now that from an individual standpoint, it could be a little bit different. And I approach a lot of, you know, these these podcasts and research that I do every day from, a you know, yes, a little bit of a, a, a Web3 savvy person. But I also kind of put on my normie hat to to make sure that, you know, I, I'm actually 
you know, doing the right thing uh, by end, end users. Um, and one of the things that leads me to that is, you know, if you have Ethereum or any other, or many other, um, say, tokens or, or uh, cryptocurrencies, staking is involved. And that's very exciting, right? Um, and I know that for Ethereum, you need, I don't know, 24 or 25 uh, tokens or coins, uh, ETH, to participate, or may, I, maybe it's 32. 30, 32, thank you. Yes, mm -hmm. 32. Now, can you give us a little bit more of like what staking on Validation Cloud is like, and is there a threshold that you need to meet? Sure. Uh, so, you know, one of the assets, so we'll use Ethereum as an example um, here that, that we support, um, we really support uh, from uh, what's called a validator as a service standpoint. Um, and so we really give the capability to, let's call it the end user, um, to be able to run their own validator um, and, and be in more control, frankly, over sort of their, their own infrastructure um, and, and, frankly, their reward stream. Um, we're also a non-custodial staking solution. Um, again, that is beneficial to the, the user to be able to have, you know, control over their funds and so forth and their assets. Um, and so that's sort of a, a design philosophy there um, that we've made. But really the key things that we enable is, is the ability to launch a validator on, on Ethereum on demand in a dedicated environment um, effectively, you know, in, in real time and, and be able to manage that. Um, that makes us pretty unique in terms of the, the full sweet nature um, of what we're able to bring. Um, we're also, you know, because we're, we're, you know, very clear on our abilities to be what we call, you know, match Web 2 standards um, with what we're doing um, in Web 3. We're also SOC 2 compliant, um, which, you know, again, is a, is a really important standard um, from my perspective in terms of both security um, and, and sort of data compliance. Um, so that's a, what we do. And, and, you know, that product, Validators of Service, especially on Ethereum, is really geared towards institutional um, stakers. Um, so folks that have you know, lots of Ethereum that want to, you know, be able to launch and manage tens, hundreds, thousands of, of validators on Ethereum um, were really designed um, for that type of scale. Um, and we also manage all of our reward streams that those validators, um, you know, generate um, through um, a series of smart contracts that actually handle all of the administrative um, accounting related to splitting rewards. Um, actually handles that via smart contract. And so it's highly transparent, um, it's highly scalable, um, all of those things that you would want if you're an institutional player um, staking Ethereum. And, you know, you're the owner of your your keys, right, at the end of the day, and, you know, um, you have full control, which is great. Um, and, you know, let's talk a little bit about data storage, security. I know you brought up SOC. If you can kind of tell us our audience a little bit more about SOC, SOC 2 um, and data and how you handle data, because it's a huge, I mean, it's an ongoing conversation. Um, whether you're an enterprise or an individual, your personal and or business data is everything. Uh, how do you handle it? Yeah. So, um, you know, the SOC 2 process um, is is one that is like I would call the platinum standard um, in the Web 2 context. Um, you know, there are a variety of different um, 
components that you need to have um, approaches to um, in terms of not only treatment of customer data, but also approaches for, you know, a potential data breach of some sort. Um, and so it's very difficult uh, to get that certification. Um, we have invested the time and the resources to do that. Um, you know, what that all means in terms of like how we treat data, um, we treat our customers' data at, you know, with the utmost sort of respect and, you know, obviously have gone through the process of becoming SOC 2 because that, that's how we feel and that's our sort of philosophy as a company. Uh, so from our perspective, we've got all of the best in class um, approaches in place and processes in place to, to safeguard that that information and 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 be able to give frankly our our you know institutional customers comfort um, around that and so um, again this is really back to you know where possible um, to really match what what I would term as the Web two standard that large you know even traditional enterprises are used to. Um, it just makes it much easier from not only uh, saying yes to adopting um, certain capabilities in Web3, but also making us a very obvious choice um, as it relates to the type of vendor um, that, that these folks are looking for. Yeah, yeah you guys are checking all the boxes. <clears throat> Excuse me, and that's great. Um, because to your point, that's, what, that's the, one of the first things that people are looking for or enterprises are looking for. Uh, is security of data breaches, you know, what's your track record like, um, who's behind the curtain, all of the good stuff that people look into um, need to be front and centered and communicated properly. Um, so it gives you the edge and it gives them the edge as well. Um, okay, that's, that is fantastic. Um, let's see, node APIs, right? So how is this, you know, why would I need a validator node, right? I think, you know, I've, you answered most of that already, but <clears throat> can you can you walk us through that? You know, what is it doing? How you get it set up and all that good stuff? Sure. Um, so in the node API context, um, this is about us delivering um, RPC nodes, um, which provide, um, you know, connectivity for applications into specific blockchains that they want connectivity into. Um, why this is important, I, I kind of joke with people, including my parents who are, are less, you know, uh, Web3 native, um, that this is effectively like your internet connection in your home. Um, in order to connect in the internet, you need to have some sort of connectivity um, into that um, into that orbit. And so we're really providing that, that connectivity into specific blockchains. Um, so if you want to um, run your application or connect to an application running on Ethereum, you need um, Ethereum RPC support to be able to, to facilitate that. So this is really, you know, that sort of very basic level of connectivity in order to interact with with pretty much anything you're doing in Web3 requires a node. Um, and so I tell people that this is sort of the atomic unit for getting involved and getting connected. Um, and there's, there are sort of specific reasons that you would want a certain type of um, provider around RPC that, you know, we really over-index on. Um, you heard me talk a little bit about our three sort of design principles of, you know, really performance, scalability, and compliance. Um, we talked a lot about the, the compliance piece with SOC 2, but in terms of both performance and scalability, um, that's also a hallmark of what we deliver through through this product as well. Yeah, performance is everything. And, you know, I was trying to make a transaction using ETH this morning and, you know, things were slow <laughs> um, and confusing for someone who does this all the time. Some, you know, I was trying to use a different network and it, it gets a little crazy. Um, you know, one of the, I wanted to ask this before. Now with all of, you know, the, the, you know, there's, there's 
many, many different um, cryptocurrencies that you could be handling and setting up nodes for and data. Um, do you guys offer, um, you know, basically, you know, asset management as well? So, so we don't specifically offer an asset management capability. Again, we're, we're non-custodial. And so by definition, we're never taking um, ownership or, or custody uh, of anyone's funds. Um, merely what we're providing is, is sort of capabilities. And, and we, I would, you know, in the same realm as, as you know, Web2, right, I would say we, are, we're, we deliver a software solution, right, to enable people to, you know, do a variety of different things from an infrastructure perspective in the space. So we don't specifically have an asset management um, capability. In fact, you know, we partner with asset managers and custodians and, and the like to be able to facilitate whether it's staking for their customers um, or, you know, if again, those entities need connectivity into certain um, networks from an RPC standpoint, we can also facilitate that. Um, so again, we, we generally partner with those sort of folks around our different products and, and don't actually take custody of any funds. Um, uh, you know, that's just not something we do. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, and for any of our uh, past guests and per perhaps listeners and viewers, you know, asset managers pay attention, right? So, um, <laughs> great. That was great. Thank you. Um, and, you know, one of the things I've noticed, you know, in working with, you know, different uh, project, Web3 projects over, over the many years, right? You tend to, some of them tended to kind of lock into one ecosystem, right? And, you know, even with the idea of, you know, Terra Luna, you know, imploding, if you will, uh, years ago, that sent shockwaves through the developer community. Um, and it really, really hamstrung a lot of different projects and bankrupted uh, a lot of projects because you're running so fast and lean. Um, <clears throat> you can't, if you're not um, cross-chain, you're going you're gonna to have problems. So can you tell us a little bit of how interoperability works um, with validation cloud and, you know, the importance of being cross-chain. So I think as a, as a general matter, I, I think you're spot on in that, you know, interoperability is, is going to be a key, um, you know, let's call it paradigm for, um, you know, the Web3 uh, ecosystem to, to embrace and facilitate. Um, so we, we see that as obviously critical um, in order to have different types of ecosystems and assets talk to one another. Um, that's just, you know, germane to, to pushing, uh, the you know the space forward in terms of how we participate as, as part of that um, it, you know this is really about supporting um, you know certain types of um, interoperability or cross chain um, either networks or, or projects and so this is uh, you know I think on display with you know what we're doing you know with with Zeta Chain as an example um, and you know, you can look at, you know, a variety of different projects that we've had the benefit of working very closely with, um, either as, you know, a validator on, on their test net or, or um, as a provider of RPC mainnet and so forth. Uh, we try to get involved with, with projects that we view as really shaping, um, you know, the discussion and, and sort of the, the ground truth um, around interoperability. And so we sort of view it as like, in everything that we do, let's stick to, you know, let's stick to our knitting as an infrastructure platform and provider and support sort of these different, um, I'll call it themes and subcategories in a way that, again, brings our best to bear 
um, in terms of those uh, those underlying capabilities. Mm. Yeah, you um, uh, you you mentioned Theta. Uh, I run. I, I'm a big fan of Theta. They've been on the show before. Um, and I actually run a node, so it's, it's a great little system they've got going there. And, you know, speaking about nodes, they're all about nodes and the edge networks. Um, great. So, you know, I come from a design background. Um, usability is everything for onboarding. I, I don't think web three is, uh, you know, we're, it's in a, we're in our infancy, you, you know, if you will. Um, I don't think anyone does it really well. But, you know, after I, I did not use it, to be honest, obviously, I'm not in your ecosystem just yet, uh, maybe down the road or through clients needs, uh, I will. But what I really did enjoy is seeing that you guys paid attention to your dashboard. Can you give us a little bit more behind the scenes with that? Because it really is super, super important. Absolutely. So, uh you know, I have to give credit to our team. Um, we've got, you know, some incredible people, um, both in, in product design um, as well as engineering that um, I think have just exceptional, um, you know, design philosophy and, and back to, you know, something I mentioned earlier around, you know, accessibility and thinking about, um, you know, how do we make the experience seamless? Um, and, you know, that just has, you know, permeated everything we do as it relates to product. Our dashboard is, is, is no different. And, um, you know, there, the way that we, we think about, um, our dashboard and, and how it's designed is, you know, what are the key pieces of information that a user, you know, wants to have at their fingertips and how do they want to consume that information? Um, a, a piece of this is having an idea about what that is, but there's another, you know, sort of aspect to this, which is what I call getting belly to belly, you know, with the end user. Right. And I, I think that we do that, better than anybody else um, in the industry in terms of, you know, constantly finding ways to um, engage users, um, engage prospects, um, understand and, and iterate, frankly, um, on, on sort of design principles. Um, I think it's something that we're, we're doing a great job of based on, you know, sort of the um, activity level that we're seeing with, with our dashboards and so forth. Um, so I, I think it's, you know, a very high compliment coming from you. I know that you, you know a thing or two um, about design. And so, Really appreciate the compliment, but again, I have to give a lot of credit to our team. Um, you know, that's done a crackerjack um, job. Yeah, yeah, and it's also you know I, I ran product for for several companies and for for my own companies. Uh, it's all about you know designing, developing, listening. You know, rinse and repeat. You know, keep listening. Um, it's the biggest thing in user experience uh, design that you know, is sometimes overlooked because you're excited, you're moving fast, but you do need to take a step back, listen to your audience um, and, and make the right adjustments. Um, because again, we're in our infancy and, you know, there are no road signs right now from a design perspective. So you really have to kind of build, use 2.0 best practices, but also build on top of that. Uh, in the Web3 universe. So that's, that is really good news and kudos to the design team. I really like the direction you're going in. Um, now, uh, you know, whenever I can make parallels to, um, to institutions or cryptocurrencies or, you know, L1s, L2s uh, across any network, I will. And you guys are into, tell me, I'm a huge fan of Chainlink. What is your relationship to them? They're they're actually, 
you know, they've been around for a while. And, you know, day one, I was like, this is a really important protocol. This is a really important product that people need to be uh, aware of. Um, and it is all about data, you know, fluid data usage, you know, offline to off chain to on chain. How are you working with them? Yes, yeah, so we've we've been working with Chainlink for several years now. Um, we are one of the oracles um, on Chainlink that actually provides and pushes price feeds um, for a variety of different assets or ecosystems. Um, and so uh, we have have been huge fans of what Chainlink has not only built but what they're, you know, doing currently and plan to do in the future. Um, you know, I think this is a good example of how we like to work with ecosystems that we, you know, decide to partner with. Um, we view everything as a multi-year um, sort of relationship and, and are constantly asking what more can we do to support um, that project um, or that capability um, in, in sort of their future plans um, from an infrastructure perspective. And so, um, again, we're, we're huge fans of Chainlink. We've been, you know, again, sort of a core constituency from an infrastructure perspective on the Oracle front. Um, and again, we're really excited um, about the prospects of it continuing to expand, you know, our relationship with Chainlink based on things that they plan to do in the future. Um, and again, I think this is just exemplifies the way that we think about being smart and, and choosing which ecosystems we want to partner with and, and then and then going all in in those partnerships, um, we think that that's really important um, and leads to great outcomes. Yeah, and not financial advice by any means here, um, but uh, like I said, I'm a big fan of of Chainlink. They they just they're part of the the backbone, I would say, of of the blockchain. So, you know, do your homework, people. <laughs> um, look into them. They're not going away and they're one of the bigger players and it's affordable to get into if you're in, into investing you know again not financial advice but really interesting project i'm glad you guys are working with them that's a really good sign in my eyes um and you know talking about partners and you know who are you guys working with what are some of the names if you can actually say you know sure so you know i'll, I'll talk about what ecosystems we're, we're playing a really big role in um, and then, you know, talk a little bit more about, um, you know, how we see, you know, sort of those um, relationships and, and sort of ecosystems evolving. And so, um, you know, anybody can visit our website and kind of see where, you know, we have um, support for. But, um, you know, in, in recent years, I'd highlight a few, um, you know, partnerships that that we have been spending a lot of time with and on. Um, Hedera is one. Um, Stellar is another. Casper. Um, these are, you know, ecosystems where, you know, we're, we're quite involved in, in sort of the um, infrastructure support side, um, not just on what they're providing today, but also when they think about new launches or, or new, um, let's just call it capabilities um, of their network, whether it's, you know, smart contract support, um, these sort of things. Uh, and so the, our philosophy in each one of these ecosystems that we participate in is one to come in and be really the true, let's call it enterprise sort of support for infrastructure, for projects that need that level um, of service, right? Um, and so we often are looking for, um, and really the only obvious choice for like, you know, larger 
let's call it high number of transactions, high need, need for high levels of like availability and resilience of the infrastructure. Um, that we're sort of the natural choice for those, let's call it enterprise use cases, which we can talk more about. Um, but then also we, we want to make sure that we make our services available, right, to, you know, the, the single developer that's building a DAP. Um, and so we also try to, um, you know, give, you know, access and, and really engage that community um, with the help of our, our network partners. Um, and so that's sort of the way in which we think about one starting to offer support for an ecosystem. And then once we get into the ecosystem, it's really um, on us and our, and our ecosystem partners to say, okay, who are the, who are the folks that really need um, our, uh, our particular capabilities in terms of what we deliver in terms of performance, scalability, and compliance? Um, and, and how does that evolve? Mm. Yeah. And, you know, again, coming back to, you know, supporting and listening to your community. Now, do you guys have uh, an entry point um, via your website or Discord or whatever? We it is? do, we do. So uh, you know, anybody can engage us through our, our website. Um, again, back to this philosophy of accessibility. Um, and you know, so anybody can go to our website and actually get started right there. Um, we also have for for folks that um, maybe have more bespoke needs or or what I would term as real you know enterprise um, sort of needs um, can always contact us not only through our website but also through a variety of different other channels. Um, and again, depending on we have a, a very wide spectrum of engagement types and models, and so um, everything from self service to um, again, uh, what I would call more of a one-to-one, -one, um, you know, sort of uh, engagement and relationship that is a bit more hands-on um, or white glove. Um, we're, we're sort of open and, and capable of all that entire spectrum. Um, but again, we just want to be accessible. We want to be a resource to folks that even as they start to think about, um, you know, either, you know, traditional, you know, enterprises that are thinking about, hey, I want to launch a Web3 capability or, hey, I, I have some ideas about, you know, things that we want to do from, uh, uh, you know, from a technology stack perspective. Um, we're often, you know, for a lot of those folks, their first call um, just to even understand, um, you know, what it what it would take um, and, and what the considerations are. Um, I think this has a lot to do with, frankly, the fact that we've as a as a company and, and sort of as um, individual contributors on the team have really just spent time at, at sort of the intersection of, of really the Web 2 space and, and the Web 3 space and, and have a lot of experience um, working with not only networks, but, but applications in their earliest stages of development. Um, and so know the pitfalls, know the considerations um, and try to, you know, again, pay it forward with our know-how um, to those folks. Yeah. And, that, you know, accessibility is everything. And, you, you know, paying it forward a little bit with knowledge and help along the way is basically the entire ethos of, of Web3. Um, so that's great. You're, you know, I enjoy seeing companies that are open, um, and very transparent and accessible. And I think that's key. You know, I think tons and tons of companies got, or the industry got dinged years ago with ICOs. Everything was black box. You know, you didn't know who is who. So now, you know, everyone, the founders, the development team, well, not, so, not the entire development team, but the founders at least and the, the people running the organizations need to be front and center. They need to be listening and give you the proper doorways uh, for support. So that's awesome. Again, you guys are doing, you know, checking the boxes. It's really good. Um, now, as we wrap up a little bit, Alex, um, and this might be slightly loaded, but... <laughs> 
you know, in the next year, what are you most excited about? Um, it could be within your, your company, obviously, um, or, you know, anything outside in the, the, the beautiful world of blockchain. What are you excited for? So I had this discussion with um, uh, our VP of sales and BD um, who joined our team uh, in November. Um, I think that this next mark, like market movement in, in the crypto space will be mostly defined by institutional adoption. I believe that in my bones. Um, I think we're seeing it, um, you know, as a ground truth for our company based on the conversations we're having um, that are active. Um, and so it, it's a really exciting prospect um, for that to be coming to fruition from our view. And so if you said, ask me what I'm most excited about, it's seeing um, that, that steady drumbeat of institutional adoption um, take form here in the calendar year of 2024. I think Selfishly, I think we are, you know, one of the best positioned companies in the space um, to really facilitate uh, that adoption. And um, that's not only because of the way in which we've architected our technology platform and deliver solutions, um, but it's also, again, we've thought very long and hard about um, how we want to um, go to market and be that, that catalyst um, you know, for that type of adoption. So that's what I'm most excited about, which really is not only like a, um, a an idiosyncratic thing for Validation Cloud, but it's also, I think, a trend um, that's a macro trend in our space. Um, and so definitely something I'm, I'm thrilled about um, and, and already seeing green shoots that that is, is sort of taking place um, in the here and now. Yeah, yeah. And it is all about adoption. I, I couldn't agree more. This year, in particular, 2024, it's going to be exciting on many, many levels, but we are starting to see institutional adoptions. From personally, and this is my opinion, uh, POV, if you will, um, you know, you got to be careful of who you get into bed with, right? I mean, not you guys. I'm talking the industry in general. Mm -hmm. You know, ETFs, BlackRock, Vanguard, you know, they're in it to win it. And they only play to win it all. Um, so you have to be careful of, you know, who you're dealing with. Ultimately, I think it'll be a great thing um, just from a financial standpoint, investment standpoint um, for, you know, mom and pops to kind of get in uh, and buy the ETFs. Uh, there's already a flood of, of billions and billions of dollars going into the markets. It's great. Um, but again, you know, everything is still fresh and new in this world. So we all have to be very, very careful. We have to continuously do our homework um, as an individual investor or an institutional uh, company, uh, you know, working building and working across the blockchain. Be very careful of who you kind of get in, in bed with. So um, that's, that's great. You guys are taking all the, the right steps. Again, checking the boxes. Now, what do you guys have any um, events coming up? Are you going to be speaking at um, any conferences that our, our audience might be interested in? We have quite a, a sizable amount of our team uh, attending uh, ETH Denver uh, later this month. Um, we're actually hosting an event um, with one of our partners, Hedera, um, on March 1st. Um, I think our, we also have our ecosystem lead, Dan Kazanoff, is doing a webinar um, coming up uh, that I can uh, get you some information on um, in terms of uh, that him speaking. 
Um, and then, uh, you know, as we look forward, um, there's uh, Digital Asset Summit, uh, which is taking place in London. Um, we're planning to be at that. That's uh, sort of mid-March. Um, I think Paris Blockchain is not that long after that, maybe two weeks after that. Um, we'll, we'll likely have a presence there. And then we'll also, um, I'll be at least in um, at Token 2049 Dubai in, in April. So um, we've got a very active, um, you know, sort of conference schedule. Uh, but again, um, you know, we'd like to, you know, be at, you know, really the marquee events that, um, you know, bring together um, the various communities and constituencies we like to engage with um, and, you know, take a really a proactive role um, in, in sort of creating space, right, to have either new conversations or catch-up conversations with um, our partners, our prospects, um, our customers. Mm. That's generally how it works. Those conferences are, you know, you got some speaking engagements, you're listening and learning, but you're also, it's a huge networking, uh, you know, event for, for, you know, for doing business um, with your partners, like you said. Uh, and ETH Denver is a big one. I probably should get my butt over there as well. Uh, <laughs> um, everyone I've been talking to is like, yep, ETH, ETH Denver. Uh, we're going to be there. We're speaking. We're presenting. Or they have a booth. Whatever they're doing, um, tons and tons of you know very diverse um, Web three companies that are going to be there. So that's a good one. Little plug for them. Um, and where can our viewers and listeners uh, get a hold of you? Absolutely. So um, through our website, validationcloud.io. Um, also, please feel free to follow us on on X. Uh, formerly known as Twitter um, and LinkedIn um, at Validation Cloud. Um, we also have um, a, a blog um, on Medium uh, that I would encourage folks to go to and, and sort of take a look at some of our content. We try to, um, in a lot of ways, educate, um, provide some know-how and provide insight as it relates to um, where infrastructure meets actual practical applications in the space. Um, and so again, a lot of really great content there that we're constantly adding to. Um, and again, folks can really engage us through any one of our channels. Um, we are very proactive um, in terms of striking up and maintaining dialogue across those different um, platforms. Mm. And now, do you guys have a Discord channel as well? We currently don't have a Discord channel. Um, it's something that we've talked about and considered, um, but have not necessarily put into action yet. Um, we, we have our, our plates a little bit full already with, um, you know, the variety of places we're already available, but um, something that we've, we've thought about and, and we'll, you know, continue to consider. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and look, it's like, I see a lot of different companies and protocols using uh, Discord and, other, you know, other services as well, but really the, 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 the hotspot is X. Um, and it becomes this community forum, but it becomes a tool as well. Um, there, you're you're going to launch off uh, to the to your website anyway, so and kind of go through your portals anyway. So um, all good good information. It's good to kind of understand where people's heads are and how they manage their teams too. So um, now um, it's been a pleasure, Alex. Uh, you know, I, I look forward. I I still have to dig in a little bit more. Um, you do have a ton of great articles on your site and on X. So I encourage our viewers and listeners to kind of go and learn more because this is a vital tool. Um, if you're trying to scale and, you know, build a product the right way, um, I would encourage you to, to take a look at it. So thank you so much for joining us, Alex. 
Rich, thank you for having me. It's been fun. I'm looking forward to doing this again soon and uh, really appreciate the, the thoughtful questions and giving us a platform to talk about what we're working on and, and how we're changing uh, the industry. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and, um, you know, we'll be in touch for sure. Thank you.